We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Thursday evening. I believe we are officially three weeks out from the start of training camp, so the countdown is officially on. Super excited to uh, get to that point of the calendar. Training camp, one of my favorite times of the year, and uh, excited to dive into our show tonight, where we'll be ranking our weakest and strongest Chargers position groups Certainly a uh, question that I think is more difficult than you might think on a first glance at the depth chart, uh, given the Chargers' big names, but uh, you know we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Joining me to do that tonight, as always, is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Doing very well. I'm officially not on call anymore for jury duty, so that's yes. like a huge... That was, that was great. That was great to <laughs> figure out right before the stream. Um, nice. Yeah, this, this question, this whole weakest versus strongest Chargers position groups, was tougher to figure out than I would have guessed because if you just say starters versus starters, then maybe it's a bit easier. But thinking of the depth chart, the injuries, the lack of depth, it gets a bit more complicated. But unlike Ryan Poles, I didn't put 60 hours into my week trying to figure it out. <laughs> I couldn't believe that, man. And then he, so he, if you missed the story, I think it was ESPN that a, a story on uh, Ryan Poles, which is a great story. Um, really cool insight into his uh, his kind of mentality and stuff like that. But uh, 60 hours a week, he bought a mattress and took it to his office and was sleeping at his mattress because he was working so often. 
I understand the grind and I understand you got to work hard when you got to work hard, but man, some, some professionals in sports really need some boundaries. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Shams Sharanya thing. I don't know if you know who he is, but he covers the, he's like the NBA's version of Ian Rappaport. Oh yeah. He posted a a screen time or uh, his average screen time for the week of NBA free agency was like 19 and a half hours per day. (laughs) <laughs> so i'm like dude when are you sleeping are you sleeping like three hours a day so uh you know this is my way of saying professional athletes and and reporters set some boundaries for yourself and and uh, actually get some good night's sleep for once how much do you think we how long do you think you watch film for when and when the draft is around so include your entire work week plus film for the, the content we do how much how, how, how long do you think we work for you um during the season i would say i'm probably doing like 70 hours a week yeah, that's more than i do <laughs> <laughs> but i've been I, i'm a full-time school counselor so i'm i'm working you know i'm working nine hours a day at the school mm-hmm. and then what is that what's nine times five 45 so i'm doing like 45 hour work weeks and then i'm probably watching film for like 20 hour 20 hours a week maybe during draft seasons probably probably about the same mm. wow impressive i don't i don't want to calculate the hours with the past year <laughs> it, it's going to dramatic, dramatically decrease but yeah rough yeah rough well, i mean you've had to work teach i mean you're doing your student teaching you're doing your school stuff you're doing stuff for the podcast so you know if you take into consideration like everything we do in terms of like booking guests and editing the show and tweeting out the show and like, you know, doing research for the show. I'm, I'm saying I probably am doing like 70 hours a week during the season. Yeah. All that to be called a douchebag on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is what it is. You uh, can't make everybody happy. Yeah. That's why. um, Yeah. Uh, and more happy news. We're officially a week away from uh, the rehearsal dinner for Tyler's wedding. So, you know, are you going to be there? Sir. No, unfortunately not. Okay. I have regional council meetings that day. Speaking of council stuff, but yeah. 47 hours next week then for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. So fun stuff. Obviously we're going to have uh our usual show for the Chargers is going to be hopefully including a, a special interview with a, a real bucket list guest of ours. So I don't want to spoil the name just yet, but make sure you guys stay tuned for that one next week. All right, Tyler, uh, before we get started, we've got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Caldera Lab. Again, uh, promoting men's skincare. Uh, something I definitely am taking more interest in in my own life as I get older. I turn 30 this year which is crazy um so yeah i have to give a quick shout out to caldera labs you know uh stepping up my skincare game and you guys can do that as well if you go to calderalab.com and use the code guilty at checkout for 20 percent off your first order so it's a it's a great deal uh men's skincare really any skincare obviously is uh, pretty expensive these days but uh use that 20 percent code discount code makes all the difference in the world uh, they have eye serum, they have daily moisturizer, and uh, definitely worth checking out. So again, that's calderalab.com slash guilty with the code guilty at checkout for 20% off your first order. 
Yep, highly recommend it. Uh, link in the description as well. Yes, thank you for that. Um, and uh, yes, as Solomon points out, we are on threads. Uh, at least I am, and the podcast account is. Uh, so if you are frustrated with Twitter and looking for a new outlet, you can follow us over there on threads at GEC Podcast 17 uh, at shaglin01 for myself as well. So Tyler, are you on threads? No. Okay. So it's uh, it's interesting um, that you're just kind of like thrown into the feed. You don't, you're not able to see uh, stuff that your friends are posting just yet. So it's like the very basic version of, of their Twitter counterpart. But uh, you know, I'm curious to see how this one goes. Should be fun. Um, uh, it's going to be annoying building up a, <laughs> replacing a 16,000 follower podcast page from Twitter. If I, if it comes to that, but uh, yeah, hopefully you guys can uh, go check us out over there. <sighs> I don't know. I, I'm going to play the music on the Titanic as it goes down. <laughs> you know, my God to the year, goodness to the year, whatever the song was, yeah. um, go down with the ship. Now I'm still very active on Twitter. Podcast account still very active on Twitter, but you know, I throw threads a bone. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's dive into the meat of our conversation here, which is obviously the ranking of the chargers best and weakest position groups. Again, like I said earlier, Definitely a more difficult conversation when you really dive into things and ranking, uh, you know, how these groups stand up. Of course, there's some injury concerns, question marks. Of course, there's some uh, rookie question marks, second year player question marks, uh, and just kind of lack of depth at certain positions. So I think we all feel great about the Chargers star players when healthy, obviously, but when you really dive into stacking up these position groups, curious to see how it ultimately ends up. So Tyler, what was uh, kind of your process? How did you start out with uh, picking where to look, who to sort out in, in what order? I, I did a sort of version of our tier list where I'm like, okay, who are like the bona fide stars? And in some categories, those guys really do carry for their group. And then I went from there for like solid starter, rotational piece, rookie, roster bubble, unrosterable or, or not going to make the roster sort of players. I kind of just went through and I didn't really assign like a number or a value to them, but I just wanted to kind of see if I, if I open up a spreadsheet, how they would fall into different categories and just see like, okay, you know, who's got the stronger depth. And sometimes when you're looking at it, you know, maybe like the, the starter for one position, the starter for another position are generally about the same, but if you get to, you know, the next category and the category after that, you know, the, the person in the solid starter category for one position is significantly better or, or even the other categories or the other position doesn't even have someone in that category. So I just kind of went through it and did a spreadsheet to sort of evaluate where guys were at um, and just kind of tried to weigh, you know, what is uh, an elite player at this position, solid starter, et cetera, just to kind of see where everybody fell. And, and that's kind of how I broke it up. Yeah, I think when it comes down to doing this kind of exercise, I think you're I for me, I was looking at like, OK, one through four uh, on each position group. How mm -hmm. does that maybe kind of stack up? I think that's maybe the bit, the best way to stack up these positions that have that many players. Obviously, you can't do that with quarterback. You, I mean, you could do that with running back, I guess. Um, so it, it's just an interesting exercise because, you know, corners, for example, I think you probably go one through six defensive linemen. Maybe you go one through six. You know, edge rushers probably only goes one through four, you know, receivers one through six, depending on how you feel about Jalen Guyton. So 
Um, it, it, for me, the biggest question mark is really how do you measure injuries? How do you measure, mm-hmm. you know, these young players who we might feel good about, but we don't really know. Like, I think we feel good. Like the two of us, I think we feel better about Jasir Taylor than, than mm-hmm. the consensus is, but we don't really know what he's going to look like if he is given a, a chance to be a starting cornerback. Like we don't really know what Tuli Tuli Pelotu looks like as edge three. I think we feel really good about him now, his potential, but what does that actually look like? Where there's just some uncertainty there. So those were the two biggest factors. I think for me, like you mentioned, just like kind of, depth lack of depth at certain spots and then mm-hmm. injuries and like player development how do how do i yeah. weigh somebody who i'm confident in can take a step forward or, or make an instant impact versus okay what's the downside here what's the floor of this player at this certain position yeah i felt like if we did this last year one there to my knowledge there weren't any injuries or significant ones heading into the season there were certainly no jc jackson type um Otito Igbonia, Austin Johnson that sort of thing so I don't think we had yeah. that last season unless you thought they would sign Abushi at some point so it was a bit it would have been a bit easier last year I even feel like like JC Jackson would have been so much easier to place last year because we would have not known but we would have known at the time where you where you put him which is probably as a superstar you know corner one of the best players on the team that's so different this year so I feel like it was just really difficult this year to place some guys based on expectations or stability consistency there are some players who had really good seasons last year but now i'm trying to project can they do it again and so that kind of made into this as well yeah 100 um some qualifiers we are separating the offensive line group so we're doing tackles and into your offensive line um and then we didn't want to put xander horvath in his own position group so we we did include him with the running back so i guess that one does go one through four um so just some some qualifiers there and then obviously quarterback is a bit interesting because i mean ideally easton stick doesn't see the field at all so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't really have like a primary depth piece that's going to play a lot versus like you know jasir taylor tui tui pelotu you know joshua kelly uh donald parham like these guys do see the field and do make an impact really on the on the roster on the statistics and the win-loss column Mm -hmm. and all that so curious to see how quarterback ends up here but um tyler what was maybe the biggest debate uh, again don't want you to like spoil your ranking or anything but yeah. what was the biggest debate you had of the of these position groups mm, biggest debate that's tough I, I there's definitely a range and we can maybe when i get to it maybe i'll talk about that there was a group of, of three positions where i could see them flip-flopping it was kind of just a debate whether this one player at his position who's really really good can outweigh maybe better depth at the other position group that it ranks mm-hmm. below them. Um, so we'll definitely get to that in a bit. But I would say that the toughest group to, for me to place was corner because every single person has a, has a question mark. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, I, I, again, like I think we feel good about JC Jackson, but we don't know what he really looks like. Just here, Taylor and that. Mm-hmm. Um, interior defensive line was tough for me because I think if we knew – that Otito and Austin Johnson were healthy. I think that group one through six is the deepest on the team. Like I would feel comfortable saying that. I think there are other position groups with like higher end talent, um, mm-hmm. but you have solid players, reliable players that you really trust at least one through five. And then you have Scott Madlock as, as potentially a promising rookie. And, but we just don't know what Austin Johnson is going to look like. We don't know what Otito is going to look like. So, that is probably the the group that ended up 
you know, and on like initially I was like, oh, like I really like the defensive tackle room. I know where that's at. But then as you stack them up, it's like, okay, there's too many concerns here. So for me, like the defensive line group was, was the biggest mover down from when I first started this. Yeah. And it, it could change if we did this as who's the best position group if everyone's healthy or by the end of the season, because then we've seen some developer, we hope for some development then yeah, they could easily be number one because they're working with Jay Rogers. Half of them have already worked with Coach Ed. They'll be assuming, we'd assume that they were healthy or hope that they're healthy. But yeah, they are more question marks there. And then I guess there was some debate there like, okay, what is it going to be like when Morgan Fox has his second year? Is he going to be better? Was that the best he's ever going to get in a sort of contract year? Is Austin yeah. Johnson going to come back and be the force that he was? Um, and then from there, like for those guys, none of those guys are stars on the team maybe leadership wise sure but they're not superstars there's no air like aaron donald is a star at d tackle the guys that the chargers have are really good they're just not stars so how do you weigh that versus guys that have a star at least at their spot yeah i think that's totally fair all right uh let's get into it i want to start with the weakest groups or the strongest groups first uh, let's go weakest and I don't think it'll be any surprise to anybody. Yeah. We've talked a lot about these position groups. I I'm curious to see how your thought process ended up, but, um, the four that I have at the bottom are for the chargers are linebacker, tight end, safety, and running back. Yep. Um, are those <laughs> the same four for you too? Yeah. My order it was linebacker like worst for you. Uh, no, those were just, and those were just no order there. Oh, okay. So for me, it was, yeah, linebacker, tight end, safety, running back. So yeah, we're that on the same your, page there. Yeah. And it's not a surprise. How did you, cause I, I think there's an interesting debate here about like maybe the best player, uh, you know, like how do you weigh Gerald Everett versus Eric Kendricks, for example? <laughs> yeah. How do you weigh, you know, uh, Eamon Ogbongwamiga or Dayon Henley versus like mm -hmm. JT Woods, for example? So what were your thoughts there as you kind of went through these these four groups? It really came down to the second option, to be completely honest. Not, I mean, okay, of the four groups, Derwin James is the best player. And then probably Austin Eckler. Actually, yeah, it would be Austin Eckler. Clearly, so yeah. Safety, yeah, so safety and running back were ninth and eighth. Safety being eighth, running back being ninth for me. Um, so they, just by that alone, as their number one at their position group, they put them there. But it really came down to the second one. So if you're looking at the second category... Then it's Alohi Gilman, Joshua Kelly, Donald Parham, and then Kenneth Murray at this point. And so Alohi, I think I feel the best about of that group, um, mm -hmm. even though he probably has the least upside of the group. You know, like maybe Joshua Kelly has more upside, I guess. I don't know. But Alohi has like worked his way into being a solid enough starter. I don't know what we ended up grouping him as in our tiers, but I believe we had felt like average starter or average starter with upside was where he was at mm -hmm. and that's maybe where donald parham could be the issue with the tight end group was it's kind of a mess um gerald everett i think is i don't say neck and neck with eric kendricks but i feel like they both in terms of their positions rank about the same um, but donald parham it's tough to say that he's better than kenneth murray because kenneth murray is an actual starter or has been and donald parham has barely played but I guess in their roles, I feel better about Parham. So it definitely was tough to figure out these four, maybe how they would rank outside of the two best players, German James and Austin Eckler, carrying the weight a little bit more and putting them at, quote unquote, better spots than tight end and linebacker. 
where I feel like the depth is just so unknown behind those starters. And even the starters that they have aren't like top five at their positions. Yeah, I think these four are pretty clearly like objectively the the four weakest. Um, I think you feel good about obviously Derwin and Alohi. Um, so for me, like I almost even had this like as, as two different tiers. Like I would have, so I had uh, linebacker as my weakest. I had tight end as the second weakest. I had running back as the third weakest, and then safety as the strongest of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, which, <laughs> if you look at like how you sort like starter versus depth piece. You could probably make an argument that the the depth pieces of the safety room are weaker than the other groups, right? Because of JT Woods and Raheem Lane. Mm-hmm. But this group has the best player in Darwin James. And I would I would say Elohi Gilman is at worst on this list the fifth best player, but you know, that kind of mm-hmm. depends how you feel about you know Eric Kendricks and Kenneth Murray, I guess. But mm-hmm. um so th- this is a group where I think you feel comfortable about the starters. Um, it's just the depth that these positions are, are really interesting. So then you kind of have to weigh like, you know, young player versus player. We just haven't seen a ton of like, how do you weigh Isaiah Spiller versus JT Woods kind of thing, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but I, I think there's, you, you have to inflate the safety position because of Derwin, because he, he carries so much weight on this roster because he's arguably the second best player on the team overall. Yeah. Third. So I think he just, he carries that much weight. Yep, that's, yeah, we have the exact same, I don't know, I have 11 positions ranked, so I have, we have the same 11 through 8. Yeah, I also have 11, yeah. Okay, cool. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Um, after safety, what did you have next? Uh, right after safety was actually this was a tough one too. Um, offensive tackle, and that could be higher because with Sean Slater, you and I feel could be the best player on the entire team. Um, not obviously not the most valuable, but I mean, geez, it could be second most valuable. Um, and then Trey Pipkins, I think, 
has done enough to be like in my mind he's top 15 right tackle or maybe even tackle in the league top 20 seems fair um nothing too crazy i don't think he's a top five or top 10 guy but certainly not a, a what was he off the list for pff of like 32 <laughs> or whatever yeah not like that at all so the issue with tackle is we're talking about the position group and after that it's foster Serrell who had a horrendous year unfortunately uh, there's no there's no other way to put it if i yeah. call storm norton's 2021 horrendous foster Serrell's was didn't play as much obviously but it was worse so unfortunately and he got significantly more help yeah and then then it's i mean the other tackle is nick melsop and i think it's tough because for like this list jamari sawyer jordan mcfadden those guys are guards in this simulation this scenario yeah technically you could consider them tackles but we can't really do that for this so without being able to really add mcfadden or jamari seller to that um love the top part of this tackle group we've been talking about it all offseason this is a great one too the depth is atrocious and so that's why they're seventh despite the fact that pipkins is a really good tackle and slater's an elite tackle yeah, I think, you know, tack, the tackle depth is definitely a concern for both of us. We've talked about it. If the Chargers had signed maybe kind of like a starting caliber guard and said Jamari's just going to be kind of our swing everything, mm-hmm. then you you feel very different about this tackle room, sure. right? Because if you if you knew you had Slater, Pipkins, Sawyer as your three tackles, that's a great tackle trio, man. That's like one of the best tackle trios in the league. Mm-hmm. But the drop-off to, to Sorrell, like I, I'm rooting for him. People Absolutely. keep sending me stuff that I'm too harsh on him and I get it. <laughs> but like, you know, I think it's kind of ridiculous that this team is banking on an undrafted free agent, making a very sizable leap to just like not a train wreck as their third tackle. Like, I don't know, man, that's, it's just sketchy to me. I, I, he's done the work. He deserves credit for that. Working with any weather and everything. Absolutely. I don't like banking on that kind of development as my swing tackle. Like I just, it's, it's just like, I, I understand that you could maybe bump Sawyer out there, but I would like to have like a bona fide, legitimate swing tackle behind these guys. So yeah, um, that does weigh, weigh that much. So for me, I actually had the interior defensive line next after safety. Okay. Just because there's a real possibility that the, who I think is the second best defensive tackle in the group, Austin Johnson and mm-hmm. the fourth best off defensive tackle in the room, Otito Ogbonia, are not even playing in week one. There's a real chance that they're on the pup list starting in training camp. We don't see them until after the bye week. So if you take those two out, you're talking about Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, Nick Williams, Scott Matlock, and Chris Hinton as your five. Like that's that's a concern for me. I think you could maybe make an argument that that group is down more. But there is the chance, obviously, that Austin Johnson and Otito Bonia do return at some point on the year. So, like I said mm-hmm. earlier in the show, like I feel great about this room if everybody's healthy. But if you take out Austin Johnson and Otito Bonia, mm-hmm. then you can make an argument that this this is the worst position group on the team. Like that's that's the difference here of of how much those two mean. Yeah, you and I are about on the same page. I don't know where you have offensive tackle, but defensive tackle was my next one, and I, I think I had them. I wouldn't have put them first. I'll, I'll say that, but I think I had them second or third, and now they're sixth on my list after offensive tackle because of the reasons yeah. you just talked about. Yeah. So I have we have flipped. So I have interior okay. defensive line and then offensive tackle. I I do think like the weight of Rashawn Slater, same kind of thing, matters a lot here, mm-hmm. but just the the lack of depth after that. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, now we are into our top five here. So again, very curious how quarterback ends up. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens there. So number five for me, Tyler, that's where I have the cornerbacks with uh, mm-hmm. Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., J.C. Jackson, Jot Taylor, Dean Leonard. I guess you could throw Kimon Hall in here as well. Um, if the ceiling hits of this group, I think you could be talking about the best position group on the team. Obviously, if J.C. Totally. Jackson comes back to form of who we saw from new England that again, we talked about this changing the ceiling of the defense as a whole. I think it definitely changes the ceiling of this position group. Um, But until we see him, like I think there is some uncertainty with what kind of player the chargers are getting back. And then again, like I I like just Taylor more than most, but you know, he is like overall not a, not as quality of a player as, as Bryce Callahan was last year. And then again, there's, a lot of projection there. So I have the cornerback room at number five. I have them at four. So we're pretty close. I'm curious <laughs> who your number four is. I'm, I'm, we might be on the same page in terms of like the flip-flop there. Yeah. I, if, if JC Jackson were healthy and he might be, we just don't know, but even then we haven't seen him. And he, when we saw him, it wasn't great. So it was so tough to project him. If we saw like six games and they were really solid to good, maybe even great games, and then he got hurt. I'd move this group up to maybe second, depending on the injury, of course. Um, but because the play that we saw from him during that time wasn't so hot, they benched him, he got hurt, and it wasn't so great again when he came back. Yeah, I, I just have this. I have them at four. It's still a really good group. Um, I think Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. carry that quite a bit by being just good players. Uh, Michael yeah. Davis even playing great football at times. It's just JC, I just... If I just knew a bit more, it'd be really easy to, to group this group, but I don't. So they're at four for me. Yeah, totally fair. Uh, so who's five? Interior offensive line. Wow. Okay. So, well, one, I don't love Corey Lindsley as much as you. Um, <laughs> to, to me, to me, that was just, I, I think that, and I, I listen, I think Lindsley, Zion, Jamari, is fantastic and the Chargers have done a really good job i think addressing depth i think jordan mcfadden will be an excellent piece i know will clap isn't outstanding but he is a backup for a reason and i think he's a fine backup although some people don't love him because he got justin herbert hurt a couple of times which, which i get like the optics aren't great but like down to down to down and overall i think he's fine um he just was i think he got hurt once or twice as well so I have them at five. I, I just, I, I would love to, like, I feel great about this group, but I just don't, I, I got to see it from Zion and I got to see it from Jamari who are flip-flopping sides and playing some different roles. So if they had, if Zion was left guard last year and Jamari was right guard last year and they played about as they did, granted Jamari was a tackle and they, or they played half decent, then I'd feel better about this group. Um, Lindsley definitely carries this group. He's a top five charger on the team. I just, I got to know a little bit more. Like this one would take a lot of projection for me. And I feel just better about the after corner, the three groups ahead of interior offensive line. Um, Zion and Jamari, love them. I think this trio in the interior is going to be awesome. I just got to see it. I got to see a little bit more before I move them any higher. That's fair. That's fair. I think this is like, we're kind of roundabout talking about this, but like the Chargers offensive line still feels like one piece away from like, really being an elite group. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you look at those teams who have like elite offensive lines, like they have 
they have six guys like who you feel like great about like you know the the I think the Cowboys are still a very much elite offensive line. You know, uh, Terrence Steele is is probably a better right tackle than Trey Pipkins, and he's kind of like their sixth guy. He might be an odd man out this year. You know, I, I think that's really kind of the difference between the Chargers being one of those teams, you know, and, and one of those who are not. You know, I think you look at the Browns, they go like a legit one through six. You know, you look at the Eagles, they go legit one through six. So, you know, it's going to be interesting if the Chargers do get to training camp and, use some of that last bit of change on, on maybe fortifying the depth uh, up front. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a PFF thing about them uh, potentially signing uh, Dalton Risner, not like a rumor or anything. Like it was a suggestion from a PFF writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't see that happening because Risner I think is a starting caliber player, but yeah. uh, I would still love like maybe one more depth piece here, whether it's a guard or a tackle, frankly, to come in and, and make this uh, a stronger group overall. Yeah, if you consider, I know he's, he was, I think, a right tackle in college, played guard for the Broncos. If you consider him your guard backup, and then Jamari's your swing, and that's how you rationalize it, then I mean, yeah, I'd love that. I I don't know even why he isn't. I don't signed. get it either, man. He's, I think he's one of the better guards in the league. I can't believe he's still a free agent. I even think the numbers back that up, so that's a bit <laughs> of a surprise. But hey, you know, stay available, I guess. Yeah, could use you there's definitely point. more free agent guards available than tackles for what it's worth. So, you know, I I think Jamari is a good enough player where you can hand him that right guard spot. But like, if you're like, hey, like let's just maybe get uh, a little bit more competition in here, and maybe Jamari is mm-hmm. your swing tackle instead, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, because they don't even have to. If Dalton hasn't signed at this point, I guess we'll see what his, his cost ends up being. I think like Lyle Collins signed pretty late last year, and he ended up being kind of expensive. Um, but if he's not that expensive, like, you don't have to force Jamari Sawyer in a way like Zion has to play no matter what they have to play him. Granted, yeah. I think he's really good, but they do have to play him. Jamari, listen, you, you have years to go and he costs you nothing. So if you want to bring in some competition like Reisner, great. That'd be fine with me. But I don't know. I, I just think I think history is going to repeat itself for the Chargers. We pray for health. But we, we've seen this so many times, man. Like, I, it's really disappointing. Um, and this could be a whole, it's a whole other video. It's just disappointing to watch them repeat the mistakes from last year and the year before. Yeah, I think they learned their lesson at receiver. I think you're they seeing did. that on the depth chart. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're still banking on some kind of development at swing tackle to sort itself out. And you're like, okay, like, you know, you can just go sign a cheap veteran for like two and a half million and you don't have to deal with that kind of question mark. So um, we'll see what happens there. Um, so I have the edge rush room at four. I think for Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, I think that's probably the best one, two on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think there's a pretty steep drop off, even though I like Thule a lot um, from two to three. And obviously with we we're not the biggest Chris Rump stands on this show. I think he's a great dude, but um, one of the worst missed tackle rates in the league last year. So I, I think the drop off from starter to death piece at edge is, is, is significant enough for me to uh, put them at four again. Like I think best one, two on the team at, at any position in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that drop off from three to four is, is significant for me. So I have them at four. Yeah, I, I feel good about Thule. I think Chris Rump took a step forward. But yeah, I have them at three. 
I, I think that one two really does carry um, outside of, I guess, wide receiver. I don't know mm-hmm. that there's a better one two, but and arguably they are the better one two. Um, but yeah, that, that drop off is pretty significant. So I'm curious is interior offensive line second for you? No, so I have interior offensive line third. Okay. Yeah, so, I have edge third. So it's funny because like edge edge for me is like the best one two. The interior offensive line for me is the best one through three. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think you have an elite center. I think you have Zion who's gonna take a, a, a sizable step forward, becoming, you know, a, a borderline uh pro bowl kind of guard. And then Jamari, who I think is an above average guard. So I think one through three feel great about that group. Again, like we were just kind of talking about, depth is still kind of a concern. I like Will Clap more than most, but I don't think he's like an elite backup center by any means. So that does matter here, especially when weighing things in terms of you know comparing them versus the wide receivers, comparing them to the edge rushers. But I just think like Jamari as your third is is better than what you have at the edge rusher as your third edge rusher yeah and then the uncertainty at corner too so that was jamari was really kind of the the differentiating factor for interior line edge rushers and corners for me yeah that makes sense so sorry so five through three is what again five through three for me is corner edge and interior offensive line okay so i'm interior offensive line corner edge so just different orders interesting okay i was curious but i i wasn't sure because you kept talking about quarterback i was curious yeah. if there was going to be some sort of like sneaky like their fifth or something but. <laughs> i mean i thought about like okay like he's just the one guy like you know <laughs> i i think you have to take into consideration easton stick a little bit but it's like ideally easton stick just does not see the field so mm-hmm. um i put quarterback at second i just like that's for me like as low as you can go because justin herbert is you know, an elite starting caliber quarterback. Um, but I, I think like the depth at receiver for me, so receivers, number one for me, I don't know where that for you, but um, like the, the depth at receiver is kind of crazy this year. Like just uh, Joshua Palmer as your wide receiver four. Mm-hmm. like how many teams can really say that they have a guy like Joshua Palmer as wide receiver four. Um, we'll see about Jalen Guyans health. I think that is, is a concern. Um, Darius Davis, I think you can do some fun things with on, on jet sweeps and things like that. Speed is, is certainly there. So, um, receiver for me is, is number one, just cause I think the depth there is, is the best in the, in the group. And, you know, like I mentioned, I think edge has the best one too. I think into your offensive line has the best one through three and then receiver is the best one through four. Yeah. I, I wrote excellent one, two, three, four, five, six wide receiver, but not that all those guys are excellent, but just going through the list. That was the only one I knew for sure where I was going to put them. Wide receiver was first, and then everything yeah. else just kind of sorted itself after that. They just, and it is, I guess, depends on how you have them ranked. It is nice to look at this grouping that I have, and it's wide receiver, quarterback, edge, and corner are my one, two, three, four. Offensive tackle is more of a depth issue than a starter thing, but it's good to see that the Chargers, you know, under Tom Telesco this season, for me, have wide receiver, quarterback, edge, corner, you know, as my one, two, three, four. It just shows a lot of, of confidence in the group and premium positions. I think drafting Tule, drafting Quentin Johnson really went a long way to helping out these groups and it, it makes it a more dynamic group. Oh, and there's uh, <laughs> hello, Galadriel. <laughs> um, but yeah, to that point, I mean, the the three like least valuable positions in terms of like the their respective markets are 
running back, tight end, and linebacker right now in the league. And those are the three weakest that we have on the Chargers roster. So an interesting uh, roster building thing, perhaps, from Tom Telesco. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he Shut up, just... dog. <laughs> okay, so I think we're on the same page. Maybe some uh, potentially like missing links here that could really prop some mm-hmm. some position groups up again. If the Chargers had signed, like let's say theoretically, like a Dennis Kelly type, how mm-hmm. much higher does the offensive tackle room move up for you? I would say honestly, it could be third. Because, mm. you know, it would be Rashawn Trey versus like for me Edge. So Joey Khalil, Rashawn I think is ahead of both those guys. Trey being the fourth of that group. But then if you go get a, a veteran tackle, it's sort of like veteran tackle versus Thule, who's a rookie who I really like. So I think they could have flirted. They definitely would have been in the top five. I think they would have been fourth. I'll say fourth. And for me right now, I have them at seventh. Yeah, I would I would have them, I would say third or fourth as well. Yeah. And yeah. conversely, too, like edge rushers, you know, if they go out and if they had signed like sure. Calvin Oy back, you know, where's edge at for you? Ooh, okay. So they're currently third. <sighs> I don't know. It's like, it's so hard to figure out how to, what, how much do you need to pass Justin Herbert? Um, basically yeah. <laughs> at two. So wide receiver has four deep at that spot. Edge rusher with Calvin Noid, I'd feel pretty good. I think they would stay at three. Well, no, they have Chris Rumpf and Thule. Mm. I'll say this still be a third. I'd still keep Herbert ahead. Um, but Herbert wouldn't move past. I think quarterback could be first if they sign a Cooper Rush, to be completely honest, or some sort of. Mm group like that not that that's a it's only like two guys for your depth yeah but like herbert they had a more established backup yeah yeah Yeah. no i didn't Mm -hmm. tell you um just for what it's worth some uh free agent offensive tackles out there you got george fant uh who played for the jets recently ty naseki who played for the rams and the cowboys previously uh jason peters is still out there if you want you know a 41 year old (laughs) backup tackle uh mike remmers Chris Hubbard, who's played some good ball for the Browns. So there's some options out there. Dennis Kelly, who I mentioned earlier. Let's look at Edge, who's still out there. Uh, Clowney. <laughs> Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, Jason Pierre-Paul. Ngakwe. Shelby Harris is still a free agent. Interesting. He's more of a defensive lineman, though, not an edge. Yeah, actually. I'm surprised he was listed as such. Robert uh, Quinn, who played for Brandon Staley in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Derek Tuska, should we bring him back? What 2015 edge rusher uh, are we bringing back this year? Um, <laughs> I made a joke like Cordero Law or like, uh, yeah, we'll see who's still available, who's still young. <laughs> Trey Flowers is is a free agent. Yeah. It, it is actually a bit encouraging that the Chargers have some, con- well, I would assume, hopefully, options. So some couple yeah. of guys go down. Not that this team went out of their way to sign a bunch of prized guys last year, but um, you know guys that they're familiar with. So like, worst case scenario, Bryce Callahan is still out there. Worst case scenario, Kyle Van Noy is still out there. Yeah. So 
Although I think Kyle's gone. I mean, he is gone. I think Kyle's, I think Kyle's done. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, maybe he doesn't find a, find a job. We'll see what happens. Um, I guess kind of the big one. Uh, I've oh. had so many John Johnson takes that I want to revisit that. <laughs> In this sense, though, if they had signed John Johnson, how much do they even move up for you? So they're currently eighth. Uh, Jeez. I would have moved them up at least one spot. Yeah, probably. They might stay, honestly, for me, because Mm. I don't know. I would have to really look into John Johnson a lot more. To officially say like, okay, I, I, I like him better than Trey Pipkins. Um, yeah, maybe I'd, I'd flip-flop them with offensive tackle. So if they didn't sign a tackle, they signed John Johnson, then and you're keeping all, let's say, five safeties with Raheem Lane maybe. Eh, maybe not. But then, I sure, I think I'd move him to like seventh. But it wouldn't be a, yeah. a big mover for me. Too much uncertainty still. Yeah, I agree. I would move them up ahead of the defensive line, but I wouldn't move them up that much and i like john johnson i do but yeah all right tyler uh any final thoughts before we head out tonight i'm gonna go to do trivia again defend my title we racked up so many gift cards now um that we could practically eat for free i don't know why we keep winning uh it's certainly not because of me but (laughs) you know we're gonna gonna go defend our title what kind of trivia do you guys do it's it's just whatever like it's 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 such a, a laid back thing like 20 teams show up of any size, we sit on the lawn. Uh, well, I don't drink, but there's drinks. Uh, I drink a Sprite. There's you know nice. pizzas and stuff like that. It's fun. So it's just kind of whatever. Um, but I got a big point last week because I knew who Joy Chestnut was, um, <laughs> which is very timely. So I knew Joy Chestnut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I pulled that very late, and uh, yeah, that, that was a big one. Have you ever watched the hot dog eating contest? By the way. I'll watch the clips of it on Twitter, maybe, and then I just it's I'm, so I'm morbidly like curious and offended, yeah. but like inspired all at the same time. <laughs> I think like I understand the way that they do it, but like it's not even a contest anymore. Like they like they don't even eat anything. It's just like they dip it and then they just consume it, you know? It's disgusting. Yeah. I also hate hot dogs. I'm I hate hot dogs. Yeah, we had plenty of hot dogs available during Fourth of July, and I ate all of zero. Yeah, so yeah, I I don't, I don't know how someone could do that, um, and I don't know how someone could do it for fourteen years or whatever it is. Yeah, um, at his his age, like sure. at some point he's just gonna die up there, isn't he? Like, <laughs> is that how he goes out? Like, he's just gonna have a heart attack on stage i would he's like an 80 year old man still doing the hot dog eating contest well, that's what i'm wondering like when do you retire is this like a tom brady like you just go for forever and then wait till you get beaten yeah. i guess no, no one's close it's not even close yeah funny all right well there you that's go. how There's we're ending it <laughs> We always get get our way back to some food conversation at some point during the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so appreciate you guys for tuning in. Again, we are inching closer and closer towards training camp. So hopefully you guys are enjoying the off-season content. We're trying to mix it up and be different than you know recycling the same kind of off-season storylines and things like that. So um, we're going to get to uh, some great interviews in the next couple of weeks, both on our channel and on the Chargers channel. 
getting to a bit more specific training camp content in, in the next couple of weeks as well. So um, fun stuff down the road. All right, that's going to do it for us. As always, make sure and leave us a rating or review on the audio platforms. If you could take a second on the Chargers feeds as well, leave us a rating over there. Really appreciate that as well. So that's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys next time. As always, bolt up.